Welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Peratzman. This episode is part two of three. We extend our discussion of vibration and harmonics from part one in ways that may surprise you. We clarify and answer questions such as, what does it really mean to raise my vibration? Or where am I on the scale of conscious vibration? Or what can my emotions tell me about my pathway through life? How do I emphasize the harmonics I want? What powerful inspiration can come from what we believe is a negative emotional experience or from experiences where two contrasting emotions coexist? Finally, we boldly offer a way of concocting states of consciousness that we want. We'll be talking about all that and much, much more as always in these open conversations here on discussions of music, healing, and consciousness. So let's talk about this whole thing that you hear a lot. Raise your vibration. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I get that. I understand what people are saying. They really want to encourage an improvement of consciousness. You know, Chris, when yeah. I hear that, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It's like, okay, yeah, raise your vibration. But if I'm a musician and I raise my vibration, <laughs> so I go from that lovely low E that I love and I raise <laughs> my vibration to an F. Yeah. And I've raised my vibration, everybody. Look out, Bill's raising his vibration. Um, there is a tie-in. There is a tie-in here. And I, I I can see you're ready to, to, to explain it. So go, man. I'll, I'll just, I'm going to shut up for a sec. <laughs> no, not at all, Bill. It's actually, uh, I, I was actually going to say, I can see how infuriating or sometimes annoying it might sound to a lot of people too. Like, just raise your vibration. You're like, what does that mean? But really, you know, what the heck does that mean? And, you know, the, the thing to go back to, it's like, okay, let's take a step back for a second and like when we say like what what is vibration right and when we're talking about vibration in terms of raising your vibration we're talking about something very specific and we know through experiments like dr emoto and the uh you know the hidden messages in water for those of you aren't familiar check out that book it's fantastic and what he did was took photographs of water with different emotions projected i mean just literally you know someone thinking uh, either hateful thoughts or loving thoughts and the water, the same water um, would either turn into a symmetrical, perfect geometrical shape. If it was a loving frequency, a loving thought or feeling like I love you, even when he would write down, I love you um, and then turn that and then face it towards the water, the water would actually, again, shape and change into a crystalline structure versus I hate you the water crystals turn into these muddy, unsymmetrical um, things. So we know, again, we're 43% water, plus everything is vibration. So clearly our thoughts and our emotions are a frequency. They all have a different range of frequencies. And then we can move over to, excuse me, the Hawkins scale of consciousness. And now this isn't necessarily correlating with actual frequencies, but we've got feelings like shame, guilt, apathy, grief, fear, at lower, um, let's, let's, you know, not maybe say frequencies, but lower states of vibration. We'll just call them that. And he's this Hawkins. <laughs> We're going to get ourselves in trouble, but let's do it. How about, how about um, conscious vibration? There we go. Okay. Because we got music vibration, go. conscious vibration. Conscious by vibration. So we know that guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire, anger are lower on that scale of vibration, consciousness vibration. Courage is kind of a middle point. And then after that, we've got neutrality, willing, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, 
peace and at the very top enlightenment and really what that means when i when i hear raise your vibration it doesn't mean like stop thinking negative thoughts necessarily or stop being you know sad or angry or having these other emotions we're we're humans we're kind of designed to have a massive array of emotions i look at it as a gps actually our emotions are really amazing at telling us what we need to perhaps look at it within ourselves so it's not that you don't want to disregard your emotion that's important however when you can become more of an observer rather than living in your emotion which i'm sure all that are listening can relate to living in those emotions and that's where things can get pretty miserable and pretty difficult and raising your vibration just allows you to come up to these other places of let's say let's just use neutrality as an as, as an example when you can become neutral about a lot of things that's one of the 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 um, core principles of human mastery coming from the uh these ancient hermetic principles and neutrality and, and also ancient eastern principles neutrality is, is a great way to balance all of the emotions and help yourself come into a higher state of conscious vibration so raising your vibration is is literally like how the water crystals in our body change with love you know it's as we can move and understand our emotions better we will raise our vibration we will raise our consciousness into these areas that we yeah we'll still feel you know aspects of grief and anger and shame but we're able to understand them more move through them quickly you know alchemize them put them to use understand what they're there for and then move through that therefore again staying on a more higher level of let's say love joy and peace and um therefore you're vibrating at a higher you know frequency or vibration of enlightenment the last thing i'll say on this is that i think if that doesn't make sense to anyone just think about this think about someone that you've met in your life who you feel so good when you're around them you just feel fantastic you feel seen you feel loved and appreciated and 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 fun and maybe you're laughing a lot and just being like wow when you leave seeing that person or or let's say it was a one-time encounter maybe something a special you know, like the Dalai Lama or somebody like that, who's, um, who's just emanating these really incredible uh, vibrations of consciousness, you feel differently. Every human on this planet feels differently around these people. And you know it when you when you leave that. And that is just a, a very basic example of what it means to really raise your vibration is these people are embodying that. They're also therefore emitting that frequency. And therefore that frequency comes into your field of frequency. And what happens is when there's a higher frequency, Meaning with the lower frequency, what typically happens is the lower frequency gets brought up to that higher frequency. And so that's why it's nice to be around these people is because they're bringing you up to their nice love frequency and you're feeling all lovey-dovey after and you don't know why. <laughs> I, I totally get that. You have a, you've played with a Hammond B3, right? I have. Yeah. So uh, for, for people who don't know, uh, one of the amazing things about the Hammond B3 was that it had it's an what, organ 60, for those it's an organ yeah it's an organ, organ a, a electronic organ back in the day when we called them electronic uh, but they had tone generators and you could choose which one of the tone generators would be emphasized for a particular note based on how you set the draw bars and the sound of you can hear so many kinds of different sounds from a b3 out there uh you recognize it's coming from the same instrument, but it, it's phenomenal how you can adjust those things. It's like playing with a synthesizer back in the day. But the draw bars on a Hammond are unique because instead of being infinitely variable, they allow you to choose the harmonic that you want. So if your fundamental tone is neutral, and for want of anything 
better than that. Let's say we're going to have a fundamental conscious tone and we're going to arbitrarily associate that fundamental consciousness tone with 40 hertz because we've been using 40 hertz for a while. <laughs> so that's like the fundamental tone here. It's the tone you can hear is E1 and it's this fundamental consciousness that's neutral that is beautiful. One of the cool things about music is that for any note that occurs naturally, there are harmonics. And the Hammond draw bars let you choose the harmonics that you want. You can pull out first, you know, like I think there's two on the low end and then you get the fundamental tones, the third one up. If I can remember, donate on me if I've got this wrong, folks. But you can choose your fundamental tone, which will be E. And then you can add notes, harmonics below it. And you can add a bunch of harmonics above it. In fact, you don't have to use the actual fundamental. If you pull out like the second or the first harmonic, we'll call it, it's the harmonic that exists. If you have E40, the harmonic would be what? 80, it'd be double. That's the first harmonic. So you'd hear this note that's 80 Hertz and you could just pull out that drawbar and play everything in 80 Hertz instead of playing it in 40 Hertz. It's really weird and crazy. And if you're a keyboard player, the first time you mess with this, it'll blow your mind. But after that, it starts to make sense. But in any case, any tone that occurs naturally, 40 hertz or otherwise, has these harmonics. And the first harmonic is double. And then there's, there's you'll recognize it if you're into computer science, that these things are actually, um, I, I wanted to say um, sine waves, but they're not. They're, um, ah, I can't think of it now, squares. Anyway, mm. they double. And as they double, the pitch changes. So there you are listening to 40 hertz, very happy thinking that you're in 40 hertz. And actually you're listening to 40 hertz and you're listening to 80 hertz. And you're also listening to something that's like around, I don't know, uh, 1300 something or 13, 130. And then you're listening to 1700 or 170. So there's all of these notes that are also in this 40 hertz experience, all these other vibrations. And while we tend to think of them as generally getting higher and higher, there are those that get lower and lower as well. And all of them are packed into that one 40 hertz experience, provided that the sound is being made by a device that's capable of making natural sound with harmonics. And we can get, get into all of that. So when people tell me raise my vibration, I'm like, okay, what would be more uh, precise to say raise your vibration or maybe emphasize the third harmonic? Now, here's where this gets weird. Like if you're hum if you're at neutral and let's say that's 40 hertz and your consciousness fundamental is 40 hertz and there are harmonics to that, where do those harmonics hit? Somewhere further up the consciousness ladder, right? As well as some further down the consciousness ladder. They're all harmonics of that one vibration. And so yeah, I've never, never thought about that. You know, Sorry, Bill, you're, Bill. you're cool at neutral, but you know, get to courage, emphasize your second harmonic. And the way you're saying that, I'm like, is it possible then that we can, and I'm sure it is, that we can experience all of these things simultaneously? So you're, you're experiencing this well, yeah. range of consciousness almost like at once because life is a series of harmonics, I guess, right? That's the richness of music, even with one tone, man. Yeah. And even if you're just listening to one tone, you're also hearing all the harmonics. As Listen far to, out um, as your ear can go up and as far down as can go low. Great examples are uh, Indian music. Um, oh, yeah. they're a drone when they make a drone with like, and then they play the sitar over it or something. I mean, my God, they could play like two notes and all of a sudden the two notes sound like 2000 notes. And you're like, what is going on? It's why it's such a spiritual and psychedelic experience just coming from the instruments. I mean, 
there's certain ancient instruments where you got to wonder once again were they just doing this for entertainment purposes or is there some more uh, there's other things going on here like consciousness shifting very consciously doing making these instruments with that purpose in mind because my god i mean you ever feel it when you listen to some of them and they're huge if anyone's seen a sitar this thing's massive like they they have to create these big bodies to house these to be able to create big frequencies right and Uh, to magnify like the uh, piano grand piano the bigger it is the better it is at harmonics yeah you know it's louder but it's better at harmonics you can hear them more precisely interesting Take so away the harmonics concert, and everything goes flat. That's right. Concert grands are so long, but they get to create uh, some incredible harmonics. You know, there's these uh, certain fiddles that I know they have um, a lot of unison strings. Again, for those who aren't familiar with that term in music, it just means you have the same note, but you have two strings playing the exact same note or sometimes more than two strings playing the yeah. same note. Why would you do that? It's kind of inefficient. Well, I, you actually do it because it creates these harmonics again. Mandolin, and, and, right? Oh, two, yeah. Two strings time. for all four notes. 100%. So it creates, you know, this uh, very specific feel. So it, it, it's interesting that you say it and you're describing it this way. I actually haven't thought about that in that way, like looking at harmonics and just how like one note can there, of course, has these multiples of itself, just like everything in nature, the Fibonacci sequence. We see it all the time with uh, um, what's the uh, uh, fractal, fractal mathematics, and yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff in nature. So, you know, as above, so below, every, everything in the micro is the same as the macro. And so our harmonics kind of that. So it's like, yeah, we have this one note that we're technically playing at 40 hertz here, but we know that when it interacts with the human body and, and, and acoustic spaces and all this stuff, it starts to vibrate off everything else and then creates harmonics through that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, again, life is a complex thing. It's simple in some aspects, but then you think about just one note and you're like, yeah, but it starts off as one note and then creates a whole bunch of harmonics that are super complex. So it's just I'd, interesting. I'd like to think that within every level of the Hawkins scale of consciousness, the the fundamental level, whatever it might be, also contains within it all the harmonics that are specific to that level. And there's no way, I don't know, if, going off on a limb here, guys, this is logic. But it kind of makes sense when you think about how the human body responds to the, the vibration of sound, that it might also respond to a vibration of consciousness in a similar way. And what's, what's a low-level consciousness scale? Shame? That's the lowest is shame. So if there are harmonics to shame, what are they? You know, um, What's half the length of a shame string, right? And then what's a quarter of that? And, are those then also vibrations that are contained within the vibration of shame, but just not emphasized? I see here on the Dawkins scale, it's like these are examples of shame, which could in, in a way not just be examples, but they're harmonics like miserable or humiliation. These could be harmonics of shame, right? These are like, um, yeah. if shame is a, is a 20 on the scale, then you know maybe humiliation is a 10 miserable is a 15 or what you know i don't know right or, yeah it's it's different yeah variables of it to expand around the possibility of this changes that whole thing from raise your vibration for me anyway to sort of emphasize your harmonic you know if i'm coming in with a big old kick drum in the middle of a string quartet 
I better play it so that I emphasize the harmonics that harmonize with what the quartet's doing versus just having my big house beat, you know? Same instrument. Should sound really cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it though? <laughs> really would. I'm like thinking, you know, writing style. I'm like I, I love classical music with a V to it, but you know, you're absolutely right, you know. So it's it's interesting. I mean, what so it's it's also asking for me, it asks the question is you know, and I, I think this is possible, which is I feel in sometimes in moments of where I've had, let's say, that sometimes very ambiguous term as as enlightenment, you know also known as powerful inspiration, you know, attractor energy fields that influence all of yourself and mankind, supposedly, but you know, that's what they say with enlightenment. These are different ways of describing it, but can it come from places of anger and fear and grief? Can you be in some of those frequencies and yet have an epiphany moment? Because I know I have, I've experienced something when sometimes feeling so low, all of a sudden, the the clouds part yep. <laughs> you're just yep. like oh my god oh yep. wait a minute it all makes sense now <laughs> well this is a this brings an interesting question because like we were saying the last time what part do emotions play in this and i feel like emotions are guide rails that kind of help me understand what internally i'm experiencing so that i can choose you know how to manipulate that energy but, emotion. Yeah, emotion, emotion, right? Yeah. But getting all stuck, and I've had those epiphanies, you know, in the midst of anger and grief and stuff like that too. So I'm I'm very judgment neutral about <laughs> about emotions. Because the other weird thing that can happen is you can too feel like really experience two different emotions that are incredibly contrasting at the same time. Yep. Happens more frequently to me, I find too. Maybe it's when, because the more you become open and less judgmental towards your emotions, it allows you to observe more of them and then be like, holy cow, I'm feeling a lot of, um, let's say sadness. And at the same time, joy. I've had that. Yeah. At the same time, it makes no sense. Complete paradoxes. And that top um, of the roller coaster where you're terrified and also <laughs> incredibly excited. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like these, these parallels that that's, they're really not so far apart. Like, you know, a lot legit. of these things, that's the thing. Like it, I know there's this scale and we're just going off of one guy's scale of consciousness. Maybe that isn't the way it necessarily is. Maybe the scale, instead of it being from low to high is like this side. It's like a horizontal versus a, a vertical up and down, like lowest to highest. Maybe it's a, um, like a, the light spectrum that we have, right? Where I think, was it red is the lowest or the highest? I think it's the lowest frequency of light and then ultraviolet's the highest or whatever. And it's, but it's yeah. on a scale that's horizontal, not up and down and kind of looking at uh, our emotions as, yeah, like obviously you don't want to feel sad all the time and depressed. It does mean that you're in a lower state of consciousness, but I'm, it's recognizing them as tools like you said bill like i i think of it the same way so i don't know this is interesting i, I try to get to 3d on that stuff because that's the only way i can make two things that are different opposite somehow be okay together but when i do that it winds up looking like a mobius strip <laughs> <laughs> what, does that look like? what does that look like again oh, it's like the it infinitely curves in on itself it's just a a like a one inch wide strip of paper that connects to itself in a way that it is neither the outside of the paper nor the inside of the paper right. and it's yeah. infinitely one piece of paper <laughs> it's yeah well that's the thing when we try to conceptualize 3d reality in these slightly br brilliant bodies but 
currently a little limited with our our knowledge. Quite limited. Uh, I've heard like oh, what was it? Um, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on the um, famous scientist. But anyway, he always described like, look, the people that live in the second dimension would have no idea what you talk about with this third. Like your reality would seem really peculiar to them, and if you try to even show up in their reality, you would look like a stick figure. Like you wouldn't even look like your three dimensional self. Just like we have higher dimensional aspects of ourselves, and a lot of us don't know what that even looks like or are even aware of that. But does it mean it's not there? Of course not, right? Like we look at reality through very fine pinhole. It's like looking at going through your day wearing, you know, this like looking through a telescope that is blacked out except for this tiny little, you know, dot in the middle that you can see through. It's very very limited so who knows what's going on who knows what harmonics are coming out all the time or all, all around <laughs> us i think a lot of animals or other people are sometimes more sensitive to these things i know the cats that i'm with right now they, they look at stuff all the time i'm laughing so. my head off because you and i don't have to be scientists <laughs> we, no. get to, we get to be creatives and we can say who the hell knows what's going on <laughs> but i think that's for me it's, it gets me off the hook or it gets us right? off the hook like right I don't, I hate pretending like we know everything. I think that's another issue that we sometimes deal with is that, oh yeah, we, well, we obviously know this. It's like, come on, we all knew that we were the center of the universe a couple hundred years ago. And then yep, yep. You know, that's not true. We all knew that the earth was flat and you know, we all know that's not true or, you know, you know whatever. Well, here I'll, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take one. Here's a good assumption, assumption yeah. buster. Uh, we've all seen the water study, right? How beautiful water is under the influence of love. And we've yep. seen those those uh, things where they put like sand on a on a vibrating plate, yeah, and it semantics. makes different patterns, right, and all of that. And we tend to go that oh well, that vibration must be really good for me, <laughs> right? If I can right. dial in the the vibration of that that love frequency, that must be really good for me. And um, I mean, I'm not saying that it isn't, right? That seems like a good assumption to make. Yeah. But what if there's a better frequency? What if the frequency, for example, of love and sadness combined, the binaural beat, the interference pattern that exists between love and sadness is the real juice. Mm. And until we learn how to do love and sadness real well, we don't get to have that particular vibrational frequency. Wow. Now I'm thinking of like, you're like a chef with emotion. You're like, okay, what if this taste yes. mix it with that taste? <laughs> right. See, you know, it's like, wow, I've never thought of. Right. Consciousness and what if way. you know what if it wasn't just about all love and light and and our job was to be the chef right you know and you know and I, hey let's face it we all like to be happy that's not a thing but what if there's a level of happiness that's better than pure happiness what if the level of happiness that's better than pure happiness is when you combine happiness and fear and anger and grief in just the right amount that it gives you this boost that you would never have had without the other flavors mm. And it's like you can peacefully live with all the emotions. Oh, you can be a master. You, know? of, you can be the, you know, yeah. you can be a Michelin five star at that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> at, you know, at levels of consciousness. Wow. Whatever they might be. Um, I love to be a neutral man. That's that's a beautiful place to be. But I can't stay there very long because the next thing comes along and pushes me, you know, in it's another like you're, place. Uh... You're navigating down this river and like that's where you want to be is in the middle of the river but obviously these currents take you a bit to the side the right the left the left you know whatever it's uh that's just how it works everything's in a state of motion so 
this planet is hurtling through space pretty quickly. And so is our sun. So is our God. I mean, everything's literally in motion and, you know, subatomically in motion. So yeah, it makes sense. Right. But um, it's funny, you know, I'm really thinking now about this chef's approach to consciousness and, you know, using different emotions as different, almost tastes, you know, sometimes you add that little bit of salt onto your uh, chocolate and ice cream or something. And you're like, why is the salt making it so delicious? Like, I wouldn't have thought with this sweet, I had this little savory, but mm, that's delish, you know? And so what, what's that like with emotion? I know sadness and, uh, and love are beautiful. I know I've written a lot of music with those two combined. It's, it's great for creativity. Oh yeah. Chopin so, would agree, by the way. I think he found yeah. great sadness and love and it took nothing from the beauty of the experience, right? Oh yeah. I know in my past, before I got better at just kind of navigating my emotions and appreciating all their importance, I would say that when I was depressed, I always wrote my best music. <laughs> I know, right? That, that, that place of incredible creativity is the very place that everybody said, raise your vibration. What? No way. I'm, I'm happy in this. I'm place writing hits vibe. here. No, yeah. <laughs> but, but so many hits have come from there. So think about so much music has come from utter despair the doors um, you know such incredible yeah incredible incredible i mean a classical world Beethoven, you name it. you know like everybody everyone was so suffering. much literature <laughs> art look at van gogh for heaven's sakes oh my god you know yeah. if that guy had been happy happy joy joy we never would have seen what he looks like with his ear cut off or the scream or you know that was every <laughs> monk sorry or uh starry night um right that's true right like every all these famous artists are tortured souls in a lot of way and, and not that you have to be to create again i think that's an old paradigm that also does say like it's, it's that old kind of stereotype of the tortured artist and yeah all that stuff that i know we're moving out of that however it's an it's an example of what beauty can come from you know supposed uh suffering and despair which i'm not taking away it is suffering and despair by definition but life is complex and having that let's say suffering mixed with that um well, with, let's say mixed with an art form that brings you into a state of joy, because sometimes I'm only feeling the sadness, but then I play piano and something really beautiful comes out. And all of a yeah. sudden I'm feeling the joy with the sadness, but yeah. the middle, like the, the conduit or the middle thing was the piano. Yeah. The blending actually, of I mean, the... the, it's like, it's the spatula or the, uh, the blender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really interesting way to look at that. I, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about the language that we have is so limited on this stuff. Part of the torture of being an artist is trying to get to convey it, trying to get it across, trying to take your thing, your idea, your creation, and offer that in a way that other people understand. And isn't that what's happening in marketing today? I mean, people are getting better and better at marketing and getting better and better at making you know entertainment and everybody wants to get it right. And, and yeah, we do. We do want to get it right. But there is no one right way. There is a way that will resonate if you are talking to the right person at the right time. You know, if all the stars line up, right, and you absolutely fall in love at first sight, you know, that's possible. But for the most part, it's just hard work. And if you're, you know, if you can't paint what you want to and nothing's selling and you wind up cutting off your ear as a symbolic gesture or maybe you're just crazy, um, Part of that is because you're willing to wrestle with these concepts and let your brain explode when it can, when it has to reconcile sadness and joy 
and make a piece of music out of it that will last for hundreds of years, you know, or make a painting that nobody will understand in your time because they aren't there yet, but maybe in three or four generations, it'll make sense, you know? And still decoding Leonardo da Vinci, you know? Yeah, like, uh, that, well, I'm that still genius. decoding myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Forget da Vinci, you oh know? God. So for heaven's sakes, people, raise your vibration. If that's If that means something to you, you know, do that, but also understand that it's it's so much richer than just having the right number of hertz dialed in on the wheel, you know? Yeah. There's so much more to it. Don't and miss that. Don't miss that. And there's nothing wrong with any emotion. And not that we want to be stuck in states of anger and fear forever. Um, but, you know, it's just getting that different perspective on it's a tool like everything it's 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 how you use it how do you use that anger sometimes it can be a great motivation uh motivational emotion to get uh to take action on something that's important and that's great now do you want to stay in that emotion for the whole time and make all your decisions from there no definitely not but it's a it's like the chef that's creating a very complex dinner you got, you know, your appetizers, you've got your main course and you've got your dessert and within just even those, there's a lot of complex tastes and journeys that you want to take your, um, your clients or the people that are eating your dinner, you want to take them through this journey. And I know that the Michelin star chefs, that's exactly what they're doing. And they're doing it in the most creative ways with tastes and combinations of tastes that really the the point of the, that's how they get their Michelin stars is when they can create kind of like new tastes and th things that no one's ever experienced before and therefore taking the uh, the eater the the experiencer on an incredible journey so you know that's really what it's a metaphor for for obviously our, our lives and that everything is kind of color it's all uh, information and we get to decide what we want to what we want to do with it essentially remember that incredible Robin Williams movie uh, what dreams may come if you're yeah. listening to this right now, that's a great visual metaphor for what it is that Chris and I are trying to talk about here using words and uh, referring to music. Obviously we can't play music at you right now, but if you want to hear how that has affected us creatively as musicians, uh, please do. You can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify. We're just all over the place out there. Uh, Chris's website, my website, but, but take a listen to the music you love kind of with new ears now. And not for having it to have a specific effect on you, but for it to have an effect that you don't yet know, you know, to be curious about it. I love that. And then let us know how that went, you know, give us your music and what it did to you. Let's keep experimenting, uh, experimenting together and figure out this crazy reality that we live in. Or you know what? I'm I'm letting go of needing to know everything and figuring out one of my uh, Amen. I won't even I won't even call it a New Year's resolution. It's more just something I wanted to bring into 2023, is that I I don't need to know everything. I really don't need to understand everything to an in-depth level. Of course, I enjoy that pursuit. It it's actually fun. I love learning, but it can also just like these emotions without balance and perspective, you can get dragged down this really exhausting path of having to know and understand everything which to be honest i as great as our bodies are and as amazing i really think as our true potential it is as humans it's still limited 
And we can't possibly know everything because I just don't think that's part of what life is. I think we're supposed to have that mystery and that magic and that ambiguity sometimes. It adds some spice. You know, it adds that unknown. It's the movie, right? Do you want to know the ending of the film that you're watching? Of course you don't. It's so much more exciting when it's keeping you guessing. So I'm also uh, in, in looking forward to letting go of this need to uh, completely understand it all. But I love going into it on these podcasts. It's, uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate the opportunity to to dig into this stuff kind of in real time. We never really know what we're going to get into here. and we I think we found a couple of good places this time around. Heck yeah. I love it. It's been, uh, it's been really fun. I, I can't, I'm trying to think now how long we've been recording this podcast for um, oh, at least a year, over a year. This is going to sure. be episode like 39 or something when it drops. So there you go, people. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you everyone who's listening. Thanks everyone who's listening. And thank you, Bill, for always having these great conversations. I always appreciate it, my friend. This is uh, really great stuff. You're welcome, Chris. And likewise, thank you. Thank you. Aho, everybody. Take care. Aho. Thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of music, healing, and consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Pratzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Zara Huchaya.